Hello, everyone. I'm Andy. And I'm Sean. And this is The Commander's Brew. This week, Nayith Fights. Hey everybody, welcome back. Episode 155 of the Commander's Brew. Sorry, 255. I shortchanged by 100 episodes right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 255, uh, we're talking about Nayeth, new card from Jumpstart. Very exciting stuff. Sean, how are you doing? Ooh, good. I shaved my beard. You did? Yes. Um, you This this part, this particular part here, people won't see it. This is just the audio show. So um, Yes. Well, if, you're, if you have heard whiskers, you no longer <laughs> hear whiskers, and you can hear that my face looks weird to me now. <laughs> I, I, I did get used to it. You can hear me being uncomfortable with my own face. Yeah. <laughs> Something about my upper lip. I feel, I think I should have kept the mustache. Like, my upper lip is the weirdest to me. I kind of always think that when I cut facial hair. I'm always like, Maybe I should have left that mustache this time. You know, is this yeah. time of my life the mustache time? Oh my god, are we in mustache times? I think not I November. feel like if there's if there ever was a mustache time, now is it? Okay, you know, you're okay. you're not you know going to a lot of functions where you're going to be self conscious about whether or not you should have a mustache. And the thing is, there's nothing inherently wrong with a mustache. We all know this. Uh, it's just that certain people wear them better than other people. That's all. It's some, true. Some people you see them with a mustache, and you're like, I don't know what what you could possibly look like without one. And then other Tom people, Selleck. yeah, exactly, of course. The and then time. he shows up on Friends with no mustache, and, and you're, you're like, like, What? You got a big lip, man. <laughs> <laughs> what under your nose? It looks strange. Yeah. Um, uh, and then yeah, some people they're just like, you have a mustache, and you're like instantly like, this is the weirdest thing. You look bizarre. Is it's got to be a nice full one. Yeah, for like sure. if Always. you don't have a nice full mustache, if it looks kind of thin or light, it brings a certain creepy air. To <laughs> yeah, <it. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one part of my facial hair that like does come in f- like fully, uh, like t- like it's supposed to. The rest of mine doesn't really do that. But still, I still don't. I think I look fine with one, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm just not even going to do it. I'm not brave enough. That's the bottom line. I'm just not. You gotta have some uh, the bravery to rock the mustache, bravery to get through the initial stage. That's true. The creepy yes. stage. <laughs> and then there's always the question of does your partner like it? Because that's a big, yeah, stepping stool. Because stool, stepping stone. Because if you get you know past that, you're 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 golden. You can do whatever you want. But like sometimes that's a bit of a hurdle for people, and the mm. partner doesn't like it. And you're like, well, do I want to look this way to my partner, or do I want to really get over the you know, the hump of trying to get them to get used to it. That can be yeah. sometimes too, right? Do I want to give up smooching for the foreseeable future? <laughs> yeah, does my partner want to smooch me, right? <laughs> so, yeah. You, you, everyone wants to be smoochable. Oh, you, that's the main, I mean, it's, what are we doing out here? <laughs> We're all trying to be a little more smoochable. That's the that's our life goal. Is it, is it too vain to want to be smoochable? Listen, I don't know. Listen, it's obvious we started a magic podcast because we wanted to get more smooches. Yeah, right? Uh, well, I'll tell you this much. Everyone listening right now, you're all 100% smoochable. Very smoochable. Uh, anyone listening to this podcast, some <laughs> of you even went to patreon.com slash commandersbrew. You donated a couple of bucks. You're 150% smoochable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so smoochable. Thank you for doing that. Um, you want to up your SQ your smoochability quotient <laughs> then <laughs> you're gonna want to maybe hit subscribe if you're watching on youtube if you you know are on our youtube channel we'll mention that in the youtube portion anyway maybe you want to give us a like on uh, other platforms recommend pal maybe you want to hit the tcg affiliate link in the show notes go through there order some cards through that link that helps us out makes you more smoochable uh <laughs> and then you know if you're a canadian you're already very smoochable, but like if you want to up it, you can. Uh, we've got a discount code for you, a coupon code to order actual magic singles from the Wizard Tower. Let's hear an ad from them now. We're proud Canadian podcasters and we're proud to be sponsored by the Wizards Tower, wizardtower.com, one of Canada's premier card stores. Canadian listeners get an exclusive coupon code. 
BREWICORIA to get 5% off any order of singles shipped to you for free as long as you've ordered $15 or more in singles. And you can check out our deck list for this week's episode and other episodes we've done on their content site, mtgcanada.com. See you there! All right, great. Uh, so what do you say we uh, we start the chatting? Let's, let's, start, let's start talking some magic here. And go. Uh, our arena cube. Sean, we have been creating, between the t- you and I, a cube that is uh, playable on Magic Arena. Uh-huh. And um, we've been doing it where you... Uh, you if 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 you play limited at all, you've probably heard of this thing, or you draft on like a, an outside website, and then you export your draft deck over into Arena, and then if you have those cards, or if you you can create those cards with wild cards on Arena, then you can play those decks on Arena. It's quite great, and this system is really good, and it is really fun, and it is really free, uh, and it's great, and you can draft the current set, and you can draft like what we're doing, which is a cube, so. Uh, and it's also, uh, just in case anyone's, I know, feeling bad about that, we might have talked about this before, it actually is great for Arena. They get people making, uh, playing on their app, and they also, you do have to earn the wild cards to play it, so it actually makes you play the other portions of Arena as well. But I want to talk about what we're doing with our cube. You know us, you know us, we play Commander, uh, that's our main thing, uh, but we also do love Limited, and cube is a really fun... Um, format uh where it's kind of like the powerful and uh like really like kind of expert level cards of commander that we see um mixed with the 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 drafting from from um a limited set so cube is 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 great and we've been thinking about it a lot lately am i right yeah it's one of those projects where you know we were like hey let's put a cube together uh, and this was before Jumpstart came out on Arena, so like we had a smaller card pool, and we were like, "What should red blue be?" And we're like, "How about this?" And we tried it out. But then, it since then, Jumpstart has come out. We took a bit. Of, I took a, a significant break from it, but then we just started getting back into it and really digging deep. Yeah, this app that we use lets you draft with bots, who are surely idiots yeah Uh, like they're they're not good at drafting but they at least kind of pick a color or two and try to stick with it so it really it gives you a fair opportunity to just at least be like well i went for a deck and i think i have the pieces for it it's it's pretty good feedback as a designer to see if it's at least viable and once you go down that road you're just like, ooh, I really, I really wish this deck had an early drop that helped slow the game down so I can combat aggression, so I can get to my late game, which is where most of my deck wants to go. Uh, and then you're like, oh, this is the perfect card for it. It does this, it does this, it fits this, these archetypes. It's so fun. It is really fun. And one thing I've been thinking about over the last couple of days, because we also, we actually, we also actually... I think came up with this before the actual arena cube too, right? Like we started, we made this before the arena cube, just before it, perhaps. I don't remember. I think it was at any rate. doesn't matter. People have been doing this too. There's other people who have, who've been doing the exact same thing we're doing right now. Oh yeah. You can find like popper versions Mm -hmm. that only that don't use rares. You can find ones that are like already only like, certain sets but like you know tweaked out a little bit a couple of additions uh all sorts of things uh but ours is just sort of how would you describe ours i don't know you know it's it's we started out with it being kind of a medium level like medium power like we even in a because arena is obviously a pretty limited card pool we're not we're not talking about the same as like paper magic uh, and commander and stuff like that we're talking about a pretty limited card pool the last few sets that have been out plus like at the time a handful of historic historic cards or the, the historic format which we yeah i think we only used like one or two of if that like we use like not even anyways talrand but now it's a now it's a little different jumpstart brought a lot of stuff in um but it was pretty medium powered and then we cut and it's because we wanted to build up the power slowly because you don't want to just be introducing the most top, 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 top powerful cards in the whole thing and then have the rest of your 
cube like not be able to match up against that it can that can create for you know it can create frustrating games and like not a lot of fun like think about the limited environments if you play limited where you've come up against like tetsamok like for example is one of the great examples of, of this type of thing we're looking to avoid here where it's like it's a card that's just unbeatable it's like it's just, you have this card you win the game that is a that is not a satisfying you know thing to happen in a game of magic it's really annoying yeah there, there's there's a lot of cards even in arena that are significantly powerful enough that they warp any environment they're in and we we set out purposefully to avoid those. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we didn't go for those cards, even ones that on the surface maybe didn't seem like bonkers powerful, but cards that were our rationale going in was we wanted to make the draft experience, the actual draft experience to be very engaging with lots of interesting decision points. And we wanted the gameplay to be very interesting with lots of decision points if you know if if everyone just tries to get golos and niv mizzet and five color and do that like there's there's that makes for that's super fun to do that was the highlight of the arena cube in my opinion watching Mm -hmm. i've watched some streamers do it i didn't get a chance to play the arena cube that much myself uh but you know seeing that happen is fantastic but in a draft environment watching drafters watching people draft it it's just like well this is not interesting there's no like you you know what you need to make it great and you either get there or you don't we wanted to make it so like you know there's good cards but synergy is important and if you're seeing the synergy you got to go for it and you know maybe this card is flexible enough that not it, no, you can't guarantee any wheels that's that's another thing we wanted i think our uh a lot of it was a lot of our philosophy about this cube can actually be kind of taken from commander first of all the fun we're finding in it i think for you and i is that we are building not just a deck here now we're building a full set yeah. and that is it scratches the same itch if you've ever built a commander deck like if you've ever brewed a deck it's the same thing you're looking for synergies you're looking for interesting interactions except that when you're doing it with a cube you have to look across all colors and all types of decks combo aggro mid-range control you have to look across all of that stuff and you have to balance that and and there's a balance that you don't necessarily i mean you do when you're building a deck too you need balance when it comes to like curve and things like that right land i mean land is something you don't have to think about for cube quite in the same way but so so a lot of that's taken from commander this philosophy also of power level and you would think like right away you put stuff like yeah man throw golos in there we throw that we throw teferi in there we throw like all the best cards in arena ooh, the Ugin. best cards ooh ooh ugin is one i've been thinking of so much i'm just like there's no way i'm never putting that card in this in this cube in its current state because yeah. it would just like any re- relatively slow deck it's just going to take ugin every time it, it doesn't matter what colors you are who cares right so you want to you want to balance the choices you want to have there be some risk and reward um which is you know it's 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 all part of deck building deck brewing and it's just kind of on this larger scale and it is a lot of fun even kind of just as this exercise in our brains where we're doing it on a website and like keeping track of all of our cards and like really it's kind of only the two of us ever playing any of the decks because some of our friends don't have enough of the wild cards just yet and we're not done the cube yet so we're not really we're not totally ready to debut it to the public just yet, which we will do at some point. But anyways, it's it's uh, it's scratching that itch for us, I think. It's true. Um, you you want to talk about uh, like design and like philosophies and like power level? We're in the middle of deciding whether or net whether or not God Eternal Kefnet belongs or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the two blue blue. I think it's four five, uh, and it flies. So it's a massive body for what you're paying for it, a 4-5 flyer for 4. Uh, you also can't get rid of it unless you counter it as it's being cast or somehow pick or like it out of their hand. Yeah. Mill it, sure. But if it ever lands, if you yeah. ever exile it or destroy it, the, uh, the owner gets to shuffle it, not shuffle it, gets to put it back in third from the top. So they will get Kefnet again. So... 
it just leads to like like that is extremely powerful independent of your strategy and for that reason we're on the fence about it like it's kind of a bore like like it's kind of a bore it makes for a boring pick in whatever package shows up if you're blue it's like card's great should go on every blue deck we kind of want to avoid that that's it makes for boring it's overall boring and you know and and we, we we also want to avoid matches where if it comes down it's just like i'm okay if a certain deck has a hard time dealing with a threat mm-hmm. but every deck has a hard <laughs> yeah. time dealing with Kefnet. Yes. but there's no there's no like you know unless you can and i would even argue that like well maybe some aggro decks can get really low to the ground get under Kefnet. Mm-hmm. so like before you get to guys it's four minute the thing it's costs four, four minutes <laughs> it's exactly that's the other thing it's like it's it only costs four and just to, yeah and just to like 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 we didn't even consider putting in the other colors of these gods we didn't consider no. putting the Oketra. Oketra. Are you kidding? Absolutely not. That card's insane. Yeah. Um, now we have put in recently, we've put in a few higher powered cards than than, for example, like when we started, like we're currently testing whether or not Bane Slayer Angel is too good. We're also testing whether or not, you know, uh what was the there was one other one that was like really we were really hesitant to I don't there. remember. It's a black card, I think. And anyways, so oh Massacre Worm, another one. Um Massacre Worm. So like there's a lot of these things where it's like, but at least those cards can be answered. That's the thing. You gotta make sure you have answers. So we're we're looking at this from like a, a designer, like a set designer perspective, um, which to me as a nor as normally as like a deck brewer and a and a commander player, um, is a really fun way to look at things. Um and to take that like back to commander you can like really see the reasoning for a lot of the um designs we're seeing from 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 commander a lot and it's also the reason though why you can kind of be upset with certain designs also you're just like the ones we're talking about where it's like this this is a perfect like like um arcane signet is is a card that is like well yeah obviously every commander player would love this card it's incredible it's very it's perfect it go it goes in every deck and it's like, well, that's the problem with it, though, is that uh-huh. every single commander deck wants it and it goes in every deck. Like, that's a that's not that's not good design. Like throwing in Ugin into our cube would not help it be better. It would <laughs> objectively make it be more like you'd see you'd see that card every time. Every deck would basically take it. Obviously, the really low to the ground aggro decks wouldn't be interested in it. But but like the way we've designed the cube is that that's only hand that's only a couple of decks really like it's not like it's, yeah you know what i mean like it like in the vintage cube there might be there's a few more where it's like you can put ugin in there because the power level of other stuff is very high but in our deck that would be one of the top 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 most powerful cards easily yeah it, you can kind of like like a cube needs every card to be in a range of each other if you have ugin in the cube which is undeniably an extremely powerful card you know, maybe it loses a point or two for its casting cost, but it's still extremely powerful. Every other card has to be at least, I don't know, 50% as good as it. I don't know. I'm making up these numbers, yeah. but like you can't, you can't have, uh, otherwise it makes half, the, like, like what, uh, otherwise you'd be like, well, it makes other cards look bad. And you want, <laughs> you want all the cards, like I think a perfectly designed cube, all of the cards look good in some reason right mm-hmm. obviously not all decks want all cards but every card looks good to someone at the table yes yeah and and if it looks good to everyone at the table that's also that's tough um it's tough and it's also what it does to it to the draft portion of it right which is something we don't obviously have to worry about in commander but if we're talking about the limited experience we're talking about drafting and having a card just a ubiquitous card that goes that everyone would just first pick it's like well that's boring yeah Uh, that's boring that's no fun and then that's gonna that's gonna warp your draft going forward like you could even start out with like three really good like man i'm mono red and then you pick like three like pretty strong cards for them and you're like happy where this is going and then ugin shows up i mean not that that would happen that would be like fourth pick ugin that's never gonna happen but like Hmm. let's say for some whatever reasons you know three bots pass it to you you're gonna be like okay well 
I'm taking Ugin. You know, like I'm yeah, now, and, I'm no longer mono red. Or if you are, you're just focusing on only on the removal to stay alive long enough to land. Ugin. Yeah, oddly enough, that is the way to beat Ugin. Um, yes. Anyways, yeah. So I don't know. I, it's 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 been man. It's been really. Um, I've been really thinking about it a lot because it is scratching that itch uh, that we, as I think deck brewers, uh, get. And it's when I'm done my brewing for the show and I'm built a cool deck like we did this week and uh, we talked to Discord and everything, you know, I'm I'm like, OK, great. I've got my deck ready. This is this is this is fun. I can't wait to talk about it on the show. But then there's like a lot of time in between there where I'm not tinkering as much with that deck because i'm like this this looks solid to me this looks fine it's 100 cards or whatever 60 cards out of 100 and i'm, and I'm good whereas the cube is constantly calling my name just being like yeah are you sure dove security's good are you sure yeah <laughs> are you sure you want it in there yeah. Yeah. yeah do we have enough spell support to make killed fiend a viable aggro card <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. What about, yeah what about that new card that's kind of like killed fiend but it's plus one plus one counters <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. Cube says a lot to you when, you know, when that's happening. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I know it's not really about Commander, but it's something that I think if you're a brewer specifically, and if you've never thought about putting a cube together, even just as an exercise, even if you r never truly get to sit down and play it um, in paper or anything, uh, it's, it's still actually a super fun exercise. And like we're saying, you know, if you can... If you can get even just a one or two people together, even one to four other people or whatever, you can do it online and, and it can be, it can be, you know, it can like Sean and I have played a bunch of games where we draft with the bots and then we just play against each other. And those games have been super fun. It's been great. Yes. Thank you to arena for making that possible. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and I want to add an addendum to that. Like if you're curious about designing cubes, I would recommend just going for it if you got some time to kill. It's super fun because oh yeah, tell them how we started this because it was your idea and it was a it it really did the trick. It got us going. I don't know what you're alluding. You don't to. know what I'm talking about. I, okay, I, I just so wanted say what, to say what you're going to say, and I'll say it. Out. I just wanted to re suggest that like if you're curious to design a cube, and but your your barrier is that like well I don't really have people to play with. I, I might not get online. We solved one of those by doing an arena only cube because I can just link up online and play decks that I've drafted with it. But the other barrier might be like, well, I won't get to draft it with people. And again, that barrier is a little bit solvable online. As long as you can get people together, you can eight people on this third party website, Heroku app. Uh, they, you can draft your cube. You can upload the list and draft it. You might not get to play it. Uh, the, all the people might not have all the wild cards on arena. That's what we run into sometimes, but it's so fun to design a cube and just draft it with idiot bots. And just, you can learn so much and be like, Oh, this deck doesn't come together because X, Y, Z. And there you go. Like, that's a fun, like, like, like if, if that's the fun part to you, you're in the internet has you covered. Um, what I was gonna, what I was gonna say was that what I thought you were gonna mention here, and this will be the last thing we say though, is it is a daunting task because you know the smallest cube is going to be three hundred and sixty cards, right? That way, eight drafters can get, um, can get in there and draft all the cards, and that's every cube being drafted. There's, and there's like, then there's like a five forty cube, which tends to be the next step up, and then there's a bigger one, which is the seven twenty, which I guess they, they do that, they go up by one eighties or whatever. Anyways, um. Yeah, so it's a daunting task. 360 cards is a lot to think about. And then when you sit down and you're like, well, what do I want green red to do? Or what do I want green to look like? Or what do I want blue? You know, do I want three color things? Blah, blah, blah. Um, what Sean suggested and what we did and what I think is actually really, it, it like I said, it worked great. Is we just quickly threw, like, and I mean quickly, like we just sat. It took us less than an hour, I'd say each maybe. We each took five of the guilds and we just threw together what we thought was like car cards for that guild that were that were good that weren't op that weren't like ugin level tetsamok level op powerful stuff but we just put together a cool guild deck so i got celestia so i was like i'm gonna make this celestia tokens because there's a lot of uh, support for for that 
uh, archetype in arena. So I just threw a bunch of those together and, and bam, there's our green white uh, archetype, right? So then we so then we each did that for every guild and we were like, if there's if there's crossover cards, no worries, because we're going to need to we're going to need to tinker with the numbers anyways. So we uh, and we said, I can't remember how many cards it was. We said per guild it was like 15 or something like that. We did the math. We did the math. And yeah, we whatever tried the math is, right? Playable decks without the lands, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think our assignment was like you need one land that's unique that that's that helps like a non-basic land that helps your strategy you want one colorless card that helps your strategy and you want two cards that are of the guild and then an even split of the other two colors monocolored right and this this came together and we had very few overlaps first of all which was kind of surprising and then we just filled in the the blanks where we needed some because we did have some overlaps and then we had a cube. And then from that moment, you can now you can look at the cube instead of this like color by color thing, guild by guild thing, whatever it is you're doing. And it's not so overwhelming all of a sudden. Now you're like, okay, I don't think this white card is actually that good because it doesn't synergize with any of the other colors. So we'll take that out. And then you start to you can do the drafts at this point and start to play and see like, oh, actually, I thought this would be really good. So, so like very early on, like we had a green, white and or we had an enchantress deck going on. And there was a card in green that was like, I was like, this is going to be great in this deck. But then it essentially was a green white card because you never wanted it outside of white. Like if you were playing green, any other color, you never wanted it. If you if you're playing mono green, you probably didn't really want it. So it's like that card was like sneaky, actually a Selesnya card. Anyway, so these are the things you find out as you're doing it. It's fun. I don't want to keep I could I honestly could talk about it for two more hours. Um, but we but anyways, that's going to be it for this vlog um build a cube it's really fun play some cube you know um our discord like uh that's a place where you can link up with people to to draft a cube play a cube i i don't know when but i'm i pretty much guarantee pretty soon sean and i will be like hey guys here's our cube feel free to draft it and play it whenever you want and maybe and we'll do it too so yeah um, once we've kind of figured out whether or not Kefnet stays in. Anyways, uh, but <laughs> but that's it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It scratches some of the itches that, you know, you, we might not be getting right now as commander players. So I, I, I highly consider, uh, highly recommend rather that you do it. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of commander deck, Sean, what do you say we get to this week's deck tech? Cannot wait. Yeah. So this week's uh, deck is, is, is one I've been excited about since I saw this card and, and a card that I've been wanting to see something like this for uh for a while now actually um uh yeah you saw what's going on here we're talking about naith of the dire hunt uh this is a jumpstart card it is of the cycle uh where we get a monocolored uh legendary creature with like a, a hybrid activated uh, ability or triggered ability or whatever so naith is is just a ton such a ton of fun it's two green green for legendary human warrior three three Whenever one or more creatures you control fight or become blocked, you draw a card. Uh, so whenever that happens, you draw a card. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay two and a hybrid gruel, so red or green. If you do double target creature's power until end of turn, that creature must be blocked this combat if able. Uh, man, I just... It, it kind of reads two and a... Another mana, two and a red or two and a green draw a card and kill something on your opponent's side <laughs> a little bit yeah um because something has to uh that creature must be blocked right so this thing yeah. has to be blocked and obviously we're building our deck around this ability so it's going to really benefit us duh um yeah i can't I, I gotta say i'm stoked to have the the fight commander i'm stoked to have this like doubling power thing which like i kind of didn't even remember that she had until halfway through this brew because i was just so excited to make things fight and draw a bunch of cards and just keep doing it so um you know let's just get right into uh the neat moves working on a neat moves. uh so yes major shout outs to this episode uh to our discord we got i came to our discord uh brew crew with a t with a, a what i thought was the not just the skeleton of this deck i thought it was like this is what we're doing like i thought i i, I thought i figured the deck out really and you know us we you know we're, we we don't we're not brewing your everyday run-of-the-mill 
you know, milky strategies here. We got spicy brews. We're looking to do new and fun things. And I thought I had some cool, fun angles. But and but in our discord, we were I was introduced to even more fun angles and and we did implement some of them and it was a lot of fun. So uh, just another quick um, uh, ad for the discord there. Uh, <laughs> OK, <laughs> but uh, but um, let's get into it. Let's talk about these. So, so first things first. I just wanted to highlight some of the fight cards because I think in Commander we've been ignoring these cards for a really long time and honestly rightfully so. They're not really that good in Commander. Uh, first of all, they require your creatures to be bigger than the other people's creatures, which is just something that's tough to do anyways, or the fact that they even have to have creatures. a lot. That is one thing I will say about this deck. If they got no creatures, you're not going to be fighting very much, but if they got no creatures, you're going to be able to double some power and kill them pretty easily. So it's, it's yeah. a tough spot you're going to put them in but it's but tough it's not that it's a it's a it's not like this deck is going to automatically win if they have no creatures because they're probably doing something else pretty powerful anyways it's still super fun so let's read some of these uh let's read some of these fight cards that we've been ignoring for many years uh sean why don't you take these uh first three here oh uh the the the, the prey upon is the fight card i think like it's the most basic from a design point of view it's one green sorcery one of your creatures fights a creature you don't control. Classic. Um, we get more fancy, though. We got Primal Might now from M21. This is an X spell. You know I love X spells. X and green sorcery. Target creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn. And then it fights a creature you don't control. So you could just pay green and have this be prey upon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you've That's got right. extra mana, you can make your creature bigger. So you guarantee you're going to win the fight. Uh, if you're going to be doubling power later on, then that's probably pretty cool, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's technically green, but it's also technically not green. It's unnatural aggression. Two and a green, instant, but devoid. I love that it's instant. Target creature you control fights target creature an opponent controls. And if the creature the that the opponent controls would die this turn, you exile it instead. Make sure it stays dead. Uh, if I didn't mention devoid spells officially have no color mm -hmm. but their color identity is green because yeah. it's in the meta cost but protection from green i mean either your creature might be green it's it's a technical rules thing yeah it's yeah. a very bizarre design choice uh but it exists <laughs> yeah mostly this is uh one we chose because um it exiles the thing if it dies that that, that can definitely be relevant um in yeah either, so uh, yeah, so yeah, just, you know, these are fight cards, man. They're mostly uh, sorceries, although there's a couple that are instants, like Unnatural Aggression here. They're basically going to be variations on this theme. And again, we've been not using these cards in Commander for quite some time, so super happy whenever a specific type of card gets some love from a, from a new legendary creature. Uh, one thing that was brought up in our Discord, which is a great suggestion here, um, is that you're going to be fighting a lot, obviously, in the stack. We're going to be killing creatures that are going to like that would stand in our way. And if we if my eight eight fights your six six, that's great. I just murdered your your big creature. But now you've got a two two left over. So you can still block my eight eight if I attack and kill it because it's got six points of damage written on it. Uh, not written on it, but marked on it or whatever. Uh, so we don't want that to happen. So one really cool card to be able to dodge some of that is Dolmen Gate. It's the uh, two mana artifact that's prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. So um, this is a great card in here for that reason. And because we will be attacking a ton, this is a big creature deck. And obviously Naeth, uh with her ability is going to um, love it if they block and sometimes like with her ability force people to block um, and draw us even more cards. We get the fight. We get the block. I mean, we just drew two cards right there. It's pretty, pretty sweet. Wow. Um, there's also a couple of just like cool things that we can do in sort of uh, when we're attacking and blocking just sort of the general strategy of the deck. One is uh, Dictate of the Twin Gods is a really strong card in this deck. Three red red for the enchantment with flash. And it says if a source would deal damage to a permanent or player it deals double that damage to that permanent or player instead. This can be great for the times when we're um, getting in with that double damage against a, a, a player and they don't they they don't see it coming obviously because it's a flash thing so we can double up our creature's power uh you know have it have it um either be blocked or whatever fight something before so that they can't block and then get in for a boatload of damage that way 
Uh, but also, and, and also one thing that works well with this is Garrick's Uprising. <clears throat> uh, tuner in green for an enchantment that says uh, when it enters the battlefield, if you control a creature with power four or greater, draw a card. That is very likely. Um, Naeth's power is a 3-3, three, three, so she's not going to trigger that. But uh, basically every other creature we have in this deck will. Uh, creatures you control have trample. This is very important because if we're going to be forcing blocks, that's fine. Um, we don't want to force chump blocks even though we will draw cards from that which is still nice uh but trampling over is just exactly what we want to do in this big big uh gruel deck so that's perfect and whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control draw a card i mean we are drawing cards all over the place you would think that this is i don't know some kind of blue control deck or something there's just a ton of card draw from this commander it's fantastic I don't know. Green's got that. Green is. It might be the best card draw color. Uh, no. the, it gets this. It might be. It, it might be, be better than blue. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. What we don't have it. We don't have treasure cruise. Come on. Uh, we. True. I say we. I'm because I'm green right now. I'm green right, yeah. right now. <laughs> green doesn't have treasure cruise, but it feels like green can easily set up situations where just by playing their game, they're drawing two or three cards a turn. That, Whereas you know. blue's got to devote whole cards to like. You draw your three, and then this is over. <laughs> like you will draw no more <laughs> cards until you do something else. True. Green is good with the um, like re- repeating that draw over and over. Yeah. So um, anyway, we have some other cards here. Uh, obviously, there's a boatload of creatures that when they enter the battlefield, we get a fight off of them, whether it's a triggered ability from them or whatever. Um, but so so there's a ton of those, uh, and here and some of the more interesting ones here I've laid out. Um, so Sean, take a look at these here. Ooh, Kogla, the Titan Ape, three green, 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 six mana for a legendary ape, seven, six. When it enters, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. Uh, Built-in fight, and whenever Kogla attacks, the defending player, you get to destroy one of their enchantments or artifacts. You People also get forget about that. <laughs> it's the, yeah right like uh you also get to pay one in a green to return a human you control to its owner's hand kogla gets indestructible until end of turn that's an amazing combo with nath is nath a human nath is a human yeah, so human, worst yeah. case you can return nath after you've doubled kogla's power now kogla's also indestructible and it's got another fight in there. Like that's a great combo right there. Kogla's a Kogla's uh, also the perfect creature to have down if you have Nath out in the face of a board wipe. <laughs> like Sure. Okay, pop my commander back to my hand and you didn't destroy my seven six. You know? Yeah, no way. No <laughs> way. Sweet. Uh we're also looking at Grothama all devouring. Three green green for a legendary worm. Ten eight. Ten eight for five mana. Uh other creatures have when this creature attacks, you may have it fight Grothama All Devouring. So it's this took me a sec to get know, wrap my head too. around yeah, this. So Grothama adds that to every other creature on the board, including your opponents. So your opponents have the opportunity to have all of their creatures fight Grothama when it attacks. You have the same ability. When Grothama leaves the battlefield, each player draws cards equal to the amount of damage dealt to Grothama this turn by sources they control. So if Grothama comes down and nothing happens, your opponent gets to attack, they get to trade. I guess you have to stack the fights. Can things fight simultaneously? I think they all fight like all the fight triggers go on the stack. Yeah. And eventually your, your, your Grothama will be gone by the time all those fight triggers are gone. But you will have handed out a bunch of cards to those players. Well, I think what you want to do, I'm, I'm just assuming here, you want to drop Grothama and then attack it, fight it yourself. Yeah. So you get those cards. So other pe- so Grothama is now gone by the time other it's, people's turns are You know, out. honestly, I didn't even really think too much about it. I just saw a fight deck and i was like grothama yeah. i was like there's a deck for grothama i think and i think this is it um because also like if if like I th- you're right this is actually kind of like uh a weird draw just a draw spell for us because like you pay five you play grothama then you have your indestructible creature attack uh and kill it and, and you draw like eight cards or whatever you know what i mean 
or mm. like you play it and you sacrifice it's essentially sacrifice the big thing that you're attacking with because it, it's going to die from the thumb if it's not indestructible or something like that and still draw like a million cards from it so it's very interesting um yeah i don't know i i i, I don't i'm not saying this card is great in this deck i'm just saying hey it fights <laughs> it fights yeah. a lot and it can be tough it can be tough to deal with if they don't have a lot of creatures uh you want to keep this off the board though if they have a death toucher that's one thing you're not gonna want to right see. yeah uh, and then Thorn Mammoth is a great compliment. Like, Thorn Mammoth definitely works in this deck. It's 5 green green, elephant, 6-6 six, six with trample. And when Thorn Mammoth or any other creature enters the battlefield on your control, you get to have Thorn Mammoth fight any creature you don't control if you want. So you can fight multiple times a turn if a couple creatures enter. You get to stop when... Thorn Mammoth might die, so you're yeah. like, I don't think I want to fight anymore. Or you can just take out a couple of utility creatures and then suicide Thorn Mammoth into a bigger thing to like make a trade that way. Like that's also a decent move. Uh, this card's excellent. This card is a lot of fun. Um, these are there's a lot of very big creatures in this deck as you can see seven mana eight mana nine mana. there's even some some really really big creatures in this deck so we do have a lot of ramp i don't really take us through the ramp in this portion because you know it's it's pretty standard green ramp we're using actually a lot of uh, elves and stuff um and obviously your cultivates and you know ramp growths and all that kind of stuff pretty standard things but i did just want to mention it here that make sure you include your ramp and when you look at the deck list you'll see what i'm talking about uh one of the um one of the really great creatures to like have with these guys who are going to be fighting uh, a lot is soul scar mage this card is perfectly perfectly positioned to be absolutely dominant in in these games especially if you're up against another like kind of big gruel deck uh or whatever colors maybe uh single red mana for a one two with prowess soul scar mage as a human wizard, and it says, if a source you control would deal non-combat damage to a creature an opponent controls, put that many minus one, minus one counters on that creature instead. So now we deal our damage in the form of minus one, minus one counters, which means that those creatures that we hit, like, you know, we might fight them and, and maybe it's not enough to kill them, but now you can just shrink them down so that they can't be effective blockers anymore, right? Um, Soulscar Mage is absolutely incredible in this deck. Um, what I, I wanted to bring up one thing um, before we move forward with the fighting is that a lot of people bring up like different abilities with fighting. Like in this case, it says specifically non-combat damage. And it's very important to know that fighting is not combat. So anything that cares yeah. about combat damage, it's not combat damage. And so that affects some abilities. Like I brought up death touch. Death touch is just about damage. So when you hit somebody with uh, a death touch creature uh, with like a fight, it will kill them no matter what. But if if I fought my five five against your five five first strike, first strike only is is a step in combat. So first strike doesn't make a difference in fights. Uh, it's simply just smashing the powers and toughnesses against each other. First strike does not come into play at all. That was yeah. asked specifically in our Discord too. So I, I was like, okay, I'm, there's probably some people who are a little unclear about that, and it would stand to reason that you would be a little unsure about that because it's like, wait, my guy hits first, right? No. In case you're confused, fighting isn't combat. Combat isn't fighting. <laughs> First strike isn't fighting. First strike Life isn't... link and death touch are. Yeah. <laughs> like, in yeah. case it's confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In case, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Do you think fighting's combat? You fool. <laughs> <laughs> fighting is the furthest thing from combat. How dare you? <laughs> Do not insult me. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you absolute amateur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thinking exactly. that fighting is combat related. Wait, what? <laughs> you think we're striking each other in combat, let alone first striking? Wrong. Uh, <laughs> we are dealing our <laughs> respective damage equal to our power to each other, and that is the end of it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so we've got some other cards here that work incredibly well with the fighting in kind of different ways that we would have thought. Brash Taunter is an absolute house in this deck. Four Scourge and a red. of Limited. It's so good. Four and a red uh, for the 1-1 one, one Goblin. It's indestructible. Uh, whenever Brash Taunter is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target opponent. And two and a red, you can tap and have Brash Taunter fight another target creature. Uh, 
obviously this is powerful. We have it fight and then that damage gets dealt. But the great thing about Brash Tantra in this deck is that we don't need our opponents to have um, to have the big creatures to fight. Brash Tantra can fight your own creatures. And in this deck, we have, you know, big seven, seven, eight, eight, big, huge, massive creatures. So Brash Tantra can easily be two in a red tap draw a card, deal eight damage to an opponent, or perhaps even more. So in the case of Grothama, it's like draw two cards and uh, deal 10 damage to someone <laughs> if you have if he wow. fights Gro Grothama. Wow. Uh, in a similar vein, we also have Stuffy Doll in this deck. Uh, five mana for the uh, uh, artifact creature uh, construct. It's a zero one. And as Stuffy Doll enters the battlefield, you choose a player. Uh, Stuffy Doll's in indestructible. Whenever it's dealt damage, it deals that much damage to the chosen player, and then you can tap to have Stuffy Doll deal one damage to itself. So obviously, uh, you know, there can be some uh, great blocker, you know, just in general in Commander. Um, but if we have some fight cards that can that can really pay off, um, really just a just a just a great card in this deck. We have Stuffy Doll fight their stuff, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um... There's some. Uh, there's another sub theme in this deck, though, that I think. Uh... Oh yeah, this is okay. We're here. So this is where this where the major shoutouts to the Discord go. Because up to this point, you know, these are all ideas that I was swinging with and having a good time with, and had some cool, you know, there's some cool moments with you know some cards. But this came out of the Discord, and I was like, this is too good to uh, to not include. It's so much fun, and it's it's. It's uh, it's great. So yeah, we can start off talking about this Dino combo. Yeah, uh, Gruel Rage Beast, five red green beast six six. Whenever Gruel Rage Beast or another creature enters the battlefield under your control, that creature fights target creature and opponent controls. This is reminiscent of Thorn Mammoth, but this is not. But but Thorn Mammoth does the fighting in the previous example, and Thorn Mammoth is optional. Mm -hmm. Gruel Rage Beast makes it like it's a very hostile board right now and any creature that enters is immediately going to pick a fight with someone no question like you don't get to opt out like if there's an opposing creature you will fight them yeah and it is only for your stuff like your creatures yes. fight yeah, yeah. yes 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 but if you, you don't want to cast a one one while girls yeah, yeah, yeah. up, unless you're going to benefit somehow unless from it's it, brush but... taunter or stuff sure at all. <laughs> sure right uh then we're going to play polyraptor polyraptor is six green green for a five five it's expensive but it has enrage enrage says whenever this creature takes damage do something and that something is whenever polyraptor is dealt damage create a token that is a copy of polyraptor the writing's on the wall so the new polyraptor will show up gruel rage beast will be like new polyraptor you gotta fight something so then that polyraptor will fight something it will take damage unless it's a wall and then with a zero power, I mean. Some walls have power. And we'll make another Polyraptor. And then you'll just keep doing that until you run out of living creatures with power <laughs> yeah. to fight. And even if all your Polyraptors die, that last one who shows up with no opponent will be like, huh, I guess uh, I don't fight anybody. <laughs> yeah. So y you will end up with a Polyraptor or two or three or seven at the end of this. Uh what an amazing card in this in this little combo. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, with Gruel Rage Beast, this is a one-sided board wipe. Uh, if, yeah, it is, because even if there's something majorly huge, like they got a 12-12, well, guess what? A Polyraptor comes in, deals five. The next, it dies. Next Polyraptor comes in, deals five. Next Polyraptor comes in, kills it. So no matter what the size of the creatures are, Polyraptors are going to, are going to get them. Uh, so, you know, if we get this going, um, if we can somehow find a way to get this going with, say, Forerunner of the Empire, which, as we know, is a infinite combo with Polyraptor, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. three in a red for the one three human soldier. Whenever, uh, sorry, when Forerunner enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a dinosaur card, reveal it, put, uh, shuffle it, put, uh, put it on top of your library. Uh, whenever a dinosaur enters the battlefield under your control, you may have Forerunner of the Empire deal one damage to each creature. So with Polyraptor, this just alone is an infinite combo where we will be creating infinite Polyraptors. And we can stop it. 
It's not one of those ones that goes forever because it says you may have it deal the damage. So that's good. If you can make Forerunner indestructible. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. And that's where we come in with uh, a bunch of some of these other cards I'll talk about in a second. Because, yeah, three damage is going to be enough to kill the, the Forerunner. That's true. Um, so the cards that we're going to uh, have, you know, withstand this is withstand death. Single green for an instant that says target creature is indestructible this turn. We also have Heroic Intervention, the recently reprinted one in a green instant that says permanence you control gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. These cards are a combination that obviously when together will simply win us the game um, because we will be able to deal enough damage to all the creatures and and um, oh, sorry, won't win us the game. They will they will destroy all the creatures so that there's absolutely uh, uh, nothing left to f- to fight with, but if we can get this combo going and then also get something like impact tremors out, one in a red, the enchantment. Whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, uh, impact tremors deals one damage to each opponent. That's how we can win. Warstorm surge does the same thing. Five in a red for the enchantment that says whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. Uh, this is we're just we're seeing redundant pieces of this combo. And this is what what uh, I'll specifically say because it was uh, Mondo, Volwat, and Papadio in the in were in the chat specifically building this combo. And yeah, they, and they did it by just constantly naming the cards that were also redundant that also created the combo. But the great thing is is that like really most of them are just fine on their own. Also, right? Like Forerunner goes and gets us Polyraptor, sure, but it can also get us some of the other good cards we have in the deck. Um, Sean, if you want to read the next uh, three dinosaurs I have there. Sure. Raptor Hatchling. Uh, It's one in a red. It's a 1-1, but it has Enrage. When this is dealt damage, create a 3-3 green dinosaur creature token with Trample. Um, I mean, if you can give this indestructible with... It's it's the same thing with Forerunner. Um, How about Ripjaw Raptor? Uh, this is two green, green, uh, four, five. Enrage, when this is dealt damage, draw a card. We're going to draw infinite cards that way. That's not a may. We'll, we will deck ourselves <laughs> if we don't stop in time. Uh, oh, Apex. This, I, I put the wrong card for this, but that's okay. You can still read this one. Apex Atlasaur, seven green, green for a 10, 10 dinosaur. When it enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. Love enough fight. And when this one's dealt damage, it also fights again. Yeah. So this is kind of like a thorn <laughs> mammoth thing, but it will pin. If you can make this one indestructible, it will also pinball everybody. Yeah. And it'll be like, am I? Because it will never die and it will just do 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 until everything else is dead. I meant to put the one that draws that uh, ramps you, the, the two, three that gets lands. Oh, that puts a land out. But it's just all the same, good. right? And, yeah. and the beauty of, of most of these dinosaurs, like you could, there's a there's a world where you build this just as a dino deck within Rage because Naeth forces the block, right? When you, with her ability, yes. you can, you can almost guarantee the enrage trigger from any of your dinosaurs. So we have kind of this like dino package that is just good on its own that gets even better when you get the next level of the combo where you get stuff like Warstorm Surge and uh, Gruel Rage Beast. Like these are just things that are, again, just good on, on their own in this deck. And then you got a few little pieces like, I mean, Impact Tremors is um, not like as good because it just deals the one damage when we have creatures come in. And that, that really is a combo piece. But and and Forerunner too, kind of the same thing. But they're both, but they, you know, they lead to this combo that can just end games if we if we amass it. But even the great thing is that even if we only get like kind of halfway there or even just draw some dinosaurs, that's still good for the deck too. It's great. Uh, so yeah, this is, uh, this is, this is the deck. This is what we're looking at. So fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, just making, again, just having a couple dinosaurs where you make, you, you, you force a fight like, and draw a card from Ripjaw Raptor and draw a card from Nath. Like that's amazing. That's so good. We have made these, you know, crappy limited commons like you know uh prey upon into it draws two cards and is probably (laughs) going to kill something right and just plays right into our main strategy this is what i love about commander simply put this is absolutely what i love about commander you have now made a stack of commons i have downstairs in a box 
uh, relevant <laughs> for a deck yeah. that I really am excited to build. Uh, so this is cool. Um, I think they I think they misled us with Naeth uh, making her this majestic green forest dwelling friend of wolves. Naeth runs an underground fight club. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, she does. Naeth is not a moral person. <laughs> I'm going to retroactively name this episode Naeth's Fight Club. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a great. That's a great thing. We didn't know it from the beginning, but guess what? That's only. That's the only thing you, listener and viewer, have ever known this episode as. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. Uh, yeah. Um. So surprises and discoveries. Um. You know what? Uh. Because these are just classic limited cards, and a lot of these, a lot of these things have come up in other strategies before. I actually couldn't really find any that we haven't already talked about, like. Uh, Thorn Mammoth a little bit is 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 one. Um, I don't know Soul Scar Bane maybe a little bit, but really it was just the number, the sheer number of fight cards that that exist. Because the first thing I did when putting this deck together was just to just let's just find all the fight cards and pick out the best ones. Because obviously we're not gonna put them all in this lot, but there is so many, so many that you really you can afford to be quite picky and get stuff like unnatural aggression is maybe one of the biggest surprises. I mean it's not like some incredible card at all but like i didn't know there was one that exiled when it died like i had i had no idea that that existed um so that's there's a lot of them and you could even get a little more specific and care about plus one plus one counters even with your fight cards and stuff because there's a lot of them that do that kind of thing anyways a lot of fun um discord again was a big hand in this one uh like i said mondo well what and papa dio really came together on this dino combo um uh, it's, I think, a really fun angle on the deck. I think it's a really fun part of the deck. And and unlike this, you could build an entire deck around it. It's great. Uh, but we also had a lot of other people in there. Just to name a few, Magic Sphere, uh, Mattis Men, Seth, P- uh, Pips Don't Lie, Chiefy, Beppos, uh, Spiff, Kadrin, and Neil Maxis. You guys uh, were in there brewing and came up with all kinds of great suggestions and uh, really made this deck come together. It was awesome. Cool. Uh, let's move on now to the a budget report. Take all the cards, uh, and we'll make all the cards fight each other. We'll just we'll just have them punch each other and fight each other, which is not combat. Uh, and the ones that end up surviving, those are the ones we keep. Uh, how much does this deck cost to as is? Well, the market for this is around. 140 uh which isn't cheap uh by our standards of course um but it's not super expensive either it's you know it's right there and and i think it's important to note that the low is 90 and and again that's like for a low that's like we usually see that hovering around 50 60 70 dollars so 90 is a little high for that but the reason why is that there probably aren't very many low naeths out there and naeth is the most expensive card in this deck uh, so, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I am a little surprised because like a, I didn't know what Jumpstart was going to do price wise. Um, but it's like twenty four dollars, man. And usually we don't really like we don't. I mean, we don't really talk too much about the commander if it's the most expensive card, you know, because we don't want to be too limited when it comes to like building with a fun commander. Because like if you buy the product and you crack one in, in a draft, usually we say or something like that, then, you know, you don't, you're, you're not truly considering that as, as a main cost of your deck, right? So, but if you're going out and buying one, obviously you do. So I, it's worth mentioning that this is an expensive card somehow. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we see more of these hit the market. We see some people getting into the jumpstart. I know it's obviously tough with, with the pandemic and everything to have people sitting down playing Magic. So... Unfortunately, we might be stuck with this price for Nath for a while, which is a bummer because I, you know, I don't know. Twenty four bucks is a lot. But you somehow, you know, um, negate that price. And now you're talking more of a traditional, you know, cost of deck that, that we're kind of used to. What's the second? Yeah, most expensive if card not Nath, the next most expensive card, because it's so crucial in so many fun combos, is Polyraptor. It was a mythic from Rivals of Ixalan and it's uh, top in 850 right now. Uh, but it's a one of a kind, right? I mean, sometimes these cards we can say you can cut it and the deck works. The deck does work without Polyraptor, but it's so fun. I it would love so to keep it. Agreed. 
Uh, here's one that you can afford to cut, I think. It's uh, Emerald Medallion. It's the two mana artifact that says green spells you cast cost one less to cast. Well, this is a Gruul deck, but truly there are way more green cards in it than red cards. Uh, and any of the ones that are both colors still count for this. So this is mm-hmm. actually an amazing ramp uh, spell in the deck. Uh, very, very good. 650 is pushing it for a ramp spell, considering how many are available in green. Um, so, you know, you can easily cut an Emerald Medallion if you're finding it a little pricey, which I totally understand. Uh, but it is really good. It is really good. Uh, but it can be cut. And then so just so if, uh, like I said, normally we don't, we don't talk about the commander and its price because again you may have come across it any number of ways so the third expensive card if we're not counting naeth sean yeah lurking predators it's in a four green green enchantment it just came back in jump start again so if we do see that product affect the price by making it lower that's great uh but it's a powerful enchantment undeniably uh six mana enchantment whenever an opponent casts a spell that's all they gotta do it's not the first spell per turn. It's not a spell on your turn. When they cast a spell, you reveal the top card of your library, and if it's a creature, you put it straight onto the battlefield. They cast a spell, they give you a creature. But if that isn't a creature, you may put it on the bottom of your library. So I've seen this card in Commander. Here's how it plays out. You drop Lurking Predators. You say go. Your opponent's like, if they don't have a removal spell, they're like, well, I don't want to cast spells, but I kind of have to because I need to develop my board. I need to keep playing the game. So they'll play a spell, you flip a creature, or if not, you put it on the bottom. I, I promise you, by the time the turn gets back to you, you will have gotten one or two free creatures off of this card uh, in the ire of your opponents. Yeah, in the rare occurrence where someone doesn't immediately disenchant or whatever, <laughs> lurking predators, yeah, you yeah. that will happen. Yeah. It's incredible, and be- and like I said, we have some high. We have a high curve on this deck. <laughs> like there's like four, yeah. it's like four seven drops or something like that. So it is a high, high, high curve. So we're definitely going to want something like this that's going to help us get some of our creatures into play without paying full mana for it. So yep. looking predators is a great card, and um, even if you do manage to only get the one or two off of it, that's pretty worth it. So six bucks though you know i, th- I would have assumed that it would have come down even more than that but i guess not it still might it's new it's, it's hard for people to actually buy cards these days physical yeah, that's cards true. yes and i will say i think it was reprinted in a commander product yes it was in commander 2016 and i man i, I thought it was even cheaper then but i guess i just got it when i bought those commander uh mm. decks. anyways uh that's everything that is naith that is the fights that is the cards oh except for our favorites Ooh, yeah. We must talk about our favorites. Uh, I think uh, a bit of a, a sort of an underrated card in this deck that I think, you know, you're definitely going to see when you play this is Stranic Resonator. Two mana for an artifact. Uh, you can pay two and tap it. Copy target triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. This will allow you to copy Naeth's triggered ability, um, which is the two. And a, pay the two in a red and, you know, at the beginning of combat. So you can copy that. And if so, you can double up someone else's power and have and force a block on them as well and if they only have the one creature well that that double power one of those double powered guys is getting through so uh, or take a trampler and quadruple power it <laughs> yeah it's really good so definitely something to look at definitely something to think about with naya yeah Ooh. what about you uh my favorite card is hornet's nest uh do you like hornets because this is how you get hornets <laughs> yes. uh so Hornet's Nest has Defender, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have, that doesn't mean that it can't fight. Uh, you can still, so it, what it is, it's a two and a green insect with Defender. It's a zero two, but whenever it's dealt damage, you put that many one one green insect tokens with flying and death touch onto the battlefield. So what's the biggest thing on the on the table? Is it my own 8-8? Sure, <laughs> Hornet Nest is going to fight my 8-8, and yeah. I've got eight Hornets now. <laughs> um, and all of those Hornets get to fight, right? Like, imagine you have Gruel Rage Beast, yeah. and then Hornet Nest. You cast Hornet Nest. It has to fight something. I'm going to fight the biggest thing on the table. Oh, I got six Hornets coming in, and they all have to fight something. Uh, six of your creatures. Boom, 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 boom. Gone amazing yeah gruel rage beast is the true combo with old hornet nest but even yeah. even just as as we're kind of in the midst of ramping up if you can find a spot to drop a hornet nest you'd be surprised it really 
holds back attackers. Uh, it can help you get to that later stage where we've ramped enough and all of a sudden and now we can play our our big seven, you know, six, seven, eight drops. So, yeah. So it does it double duty uh, for that reason. And yeah, making it fight, you know, any, you know, anything on the board that's big uh, that our opponents have, especially is, is going to be really, it's going to be funny. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Good choice. Uh, yeah. Well, that is truly everything uh, in this deck and what a fun deck it is. Major shout outs to all of our patrons over in discord because they, they uh, they made this one even more fun as they always do and uh, and yeah it was a it was a really fun to see this deck turn out and um, I love it very much and I would like to have this deck my own self thank you uh, uh, okay well thanks everyone for watching and listening this week uh, as always we will be back next week with another deck tech and another uh, some more commander stuff to talk about uh, but in the meantime uh, remember to check out our sponsors uh, remember to check out Wizard Tower. Uh, if you're in Canada, get that slice off of your uh, of your singles order by using our uh, our coupon code. And outside of Canada, uh, check out uh, check out a TCG Player and follow our affiliate link. Uh, follow that link to the deck uh, deck list and buy any of the cards there or anywhere else from the site um, uh, for that matter. And uh, we get a little uh, percentage of that. So if you you know if you want to help support the show that way, that's uh, that's an easy way to do it. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching. If you love what we're doing, consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash commandersbrew. And if you want to get any of the cards from our deck list, go to our TCG Player affiliate link below. That helps us out too. And for a free way to help us out, consider sharing the show with some friends. Like and subscribe, add a comment or two. See you later. Bye.